hope somebody smirked anyway. I knew it was, a, it was, it was worth that, really, that um, picture of, of feeling maybe overwhelmed. Uh, I was away and came back on Thursday. And it was already Thursday. Dare you press send and receive again. Sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. And I sort of look at the emails and think, well, I sent them out, so apologies. I'm saying no emails at all next week. No, I'm not going to have to. I can't do that. Because we've got to engage with life. But there's so much stuff of it, isn't there? Police cadets were given a test to discover their skills and talents. And they're faced with this particular question. You're walking down a village street and you hear the honking of a horn. You turn and you see a lorry laden with petrol charging down a hill out of control. At the crossroads, it collides with a milk float and an almighty explosion takes place. The driver of the milk float is hurled through the glass plate over a wall while the driver of the petrol tanker is trapped in his cab. You're about to radio for help when you hear a cry. You rush across the road, picking your way through the broken glass and flaming tarmac. There's a man from the milk float drowning in a canal, and it looks like he can't swim. You get your radio out, and you're about to radio for help, but you hear another cry. There's a woman about to give birth. The explosion has brought on the birth, and she's trapped in her home. The door is stuck, and she's no phone. She's in need of immediate medical attention. You're about to radio for help when you hear another noise. You look behind you up the road and there's a group of men, completely drunk, staggering across the road, laughing at the whole affair. In this situation, the question was, what do you do? One cadet got his pencil and wrote, remove uniform and mingle with the crowd. (laughs) So often we can feel that there is so much that needs to be done. We have so many choices to make and there's never enough time to do it. Overwhelmed as well, not just by the demands in our time, but we live in an age like like nobody else, I think, that we can have so many possibilities of things to do. I sometimes in the morning get up and think, where do I start? Not because I haven't got lots to do. There's masses to do in Camborne. Lots of people to, to engage with in different ways. But where do we start? And how do I know the peace to know which the right step is in that direction? Big questions for all of us, isn't it? It's, it's part of the 21st century living to deal with some of these demands that are self-imposed or that come from the outside to us. It's into this question which relates to our time and our talents, that I propose the following thought. You know, look at this. What you are is God's gift to you. What you do with what you have is your gift to God. We all have, God's given us a measure of faith. We all have particular personalities that are flawed. Some of you, when I asked about your talents, you'd have found that difficult because you'd have been much happier if I said, turn and tell the person about your flaws. 
We're different kind of people, but we all have faith and we all have flaws here this morning. We join with Christians down the century, with ordinary people who, in faith, have found life that bit more extraordinary because of the forgiveness offered in Jesus Christ, because of the power of the indwelling Holy Spirit, because of the presence of a God who loves us before and with us and into the future. God who said, I am the Alpha and the Omega. And Jesus who chooses us to be part of his plans and to work with him wherever we are. In this building, in our place of work, in the playground, in our relationships at home with our families. Jesus says this, I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. So I just thought for a moment we could turn perhaps to Mark's Gospel. And I want you to imagine that you're an interview panel and you see these candidates coming before you and how you would assess them. Okay, in Mark's Gospel. They're not perfect. They've got faith. They've got flaws. How do you see them? Often Jesus called them at their place of work. First candidate, I'm going to mention those that are of particular notoriety and, and known to us. First candidate is Peter the Apostle. Clearly just come from the beach, his fishing boat drawn up onto the shore. Appears to have entered middle age, balding. Before he speaks to you, you notice that he hasn't thought of washing for the occasion. Uh, he still smells of fish, his hands are rough. His reference says, uncouth, lacking refinement, culture and education. Temperament, impulsive and clumsy, may be off under pressure. What do you reckon? Did you employ that person? Did you take them on? There's their, there's their reference. Peter had faith. And what did he do with it? He went on to become a great church leader. Second and third candidates are James and John. Also fishermen, they work with their hands. And by all accounts successful, but their reference said this. One, these are not humble men. They have an attitude problem. In fact, they were all mouth. Nickname, sons of thunder. Secondly, ambitious, brought up by a pushy mum to believe that you grab what you can. That's the kind of people they were. Employ them, take them on. Flawed, but faithful. What do they do with their faith? James, the leader of the early church. John wrote a gospel and is referred to as the one that Jesus loved. And he looked after Jesus' mum, a whole bit of ministry that we're not aware very much of, of what that involved. Fourth candidate, we'll keep moving, Judas. Bit of a wild glint in this man's eyes. A political agitator, a zealot, a member of the underground movement against the Romans. Reference says he's got a tendency to like money. Hmm. Got some stuff there that could be useful, but some stuff that is a bit tricky. Judas had faith in Jesus Christ. How did he use it? Didn't use it wisely. He misused it. Using it for his own ends when Jesus didn't become for him the person he wanted to. Interesting, isn't it, that comment? That was one of the roots of Judas's problem. Fifth candidate, Thomas. Fisherman like Peter, but unlike Peter, he's a bit cautious. You've got to call him forward. Tom, yes, it is you, Thomas. Come forward. It's your turn. 
Very cautious, slow to convict, always skeptical, questioning. Would you give over the question? Let's get, just get on board. Not the most dynamic person. Surely we've got a movement. Employ them? Would you take them on? Thomas had faith. What did he do with it? He witnessed to Jesus, and tradition tells us he died in India as a missionary. Sixth candidate, Andrew. Again, don't know much about him. Didn't get a reference, came too late for him. But we see he's quiet, he's friendly, he's helpful. What did he do with his faith? He was good at finding people. It was him that brought Peter to Jesus. But it was him also that found the wee boy in the crowd that had the sandwiches. God, that was lucky, wasn't it? Good at finding other people. Tradition says that he died for his faith in Greece. Seventh candidate, Matthew. Now, at this point, there have been lots of hisses and boos as he stepped forward to get his interview. Oh, boo, and stuff being thrown. Get your tomatoes out, ready to throw at Matthew. Why? He's a quizzling. He'd sold out to the army of occupation and had become wealthy by collecting taxes for the Romans. Not only doing that, but he's a bit of a racketeer that took some of it for himself. How could this man be part of this movement? Outrageous. He had faith. What did he do with it? He wrote it. He's associated with a gospel, appealing to his Jewish brothers to recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. Perhaps willing to debate long into the night on theory or even church history. Tradition says that he later died a martyr in Ethiopia. Faith and flaws, they go together. Some inherited from our, from our, in our genes by our forebears. I don't know what goes to make us up. Some of that stuff we can't deal with. Some of it we can. Some of us, the choices and decisions that we've made earlier in life make us the way that we are. But what we are is God's gift to us. What we do with our faith is our gift back to God. I want now to relate this to Camborne. I want us to think about our situation here. And I want us to have a moment where we think about what God's calling us to. I've mentioned membership this morning. But in this time and place, God doesn't call us simply to gather and sit in chairs. The Christian life is a spirit-filled one. It's one where we live together and we, we share God's love with each other. And so, behind me here, they're on this board over there and on the table, there's a list of, of projects that we are looking to, to strengthen and there's new areas you might have a gift of, of being a DJ or something that John would love to hear about. I don't know. Don't be limited by what we're doing as a church. We want God's kingdom. It's much bigger than what we can as yet offer as a church. But we do want to offer to God together our talents. Because we believe that together we're called to live as Christians. Together as a community we can make more of a difference. We believe that's not just psychology. This is a biblical model. If you look at Thessalonians, if you look at Acts, calling people into the life with Christ and sending people out into the world to then live lives of faith and love is what we're about. Is what we're about. So I have, I can invite you when, 
I can invite the, the, the band to stand and, and, and play. Is there are some pa- pieces of paper over here with um, pens at which you can write some of how you see Camborne, what your vision for Camborne and, and, and faith and church is. What would the kingdom look like if it came in Camborne? As I say, there's other bits to hear. Please take one that's to do with different projects we're currently doing. Have a look at that and just think about that. And think about what God's saying to you in this time. I'm not saying that I want us to be sucked in to driving a machine. Our church, we want it to be a liberation movement. Not one that sucks people into something that takes them out of life. But we believe that Jesus Christ is life. And that together we share God's love. Yeah? That's what I feel we're about. So can I invite you, as we, we're going to play some music, and we're going to sing once we've had time to investigate the board. If you want to just sit and think, you're welcome to it. But I'd encourage you, if you can, maybe just take a moment and uh, have a stroll around the table.